A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. The word of the Lord. You know, we put these Sundays together, usually midweek, um, singing for the beauty of the earth with just a beautiful day outside was something that kind of was a wonderful coincidence. But um, as we take in what it means to be in a beautiful place, in a beautiful earth, think of that moment of beauty and singing that song, what it really meant this morning to feel that beauty of the earth and the beauty of just being here. It's the middle of the summer, the part of the summer where time seems to slow a bit and the long days and warmer temperatures just linger. And here, on the literal shores of Long Island Sound, we all can enjoy some summer beach time. Now, what beach time is varies for each of us. For some people in here, it means an actual beach day, complete with a picnic, a book, blankets in the sand, a hat and a sun visor and sunglasses. For others, it will definitely involve some kind of watercraft powered by wind or motor. Some may never interact with water at all, but a dinner al fresco at some of the amazing shoreline restaurants will still provide that dose of summer that you can only get on a beach. Humans are just drawn to water. I've been fortunate enough to go to many beaches in my lifetime, but my absolute favorite beach day was actually a midwinter beach day in Watermill on eastern Long Island. The wide sand beach that is usually teeming with people in the summer was deserted. And it seemed to go on for eternity. And the cold, crisp water had a deeper blue and a magical sparkle that seemed to move the waves. I could go on and on describing what I saw that day, but there are just no words that could do it justice. 
Suffice it to say that if I saw someone walking on the water that day, I wouldn't have been surprised. So what is it about the water? Why is it such a defining experience for humans, whether it's in Long Island Sound or the lakes or rivers and shorelines all over the world? Studies show that those who visit the water or live near the water tend to be happier and more relaxed. And staring at the ocean or even smelling the sea breeze can apparently put your brain into a meditative state. I spend many of my days helping people in crisis connect to their innate spirituality. And the vast majority of these people identify as spiritual, but not religious. Yet the only thing that I require them to believe is that they have had experiences that have resonated with them on some deep, ineffable level. It's not surprising then that for most of these people, their defining experiences involve nature. And the majority of the nature experiences they tell me about about involve water. Throughout human history, the quest for God has often been connected with the quest for water. It's a theme that runs across spiritual traditions and across time. The creation story in Genesis begins with water. Water is the only thing that exists with God before the world's created. And the world is created when the spirit of God moves on the water, initiating creation. Many stories of biblical figures, prophets, saints, and healers all involve water. Throughout the Hebrew scriptures, watery scenes are at the center of the narrative from Noah's Ark and the flood to the parting of the Red Sea to the bath where King David spies Bathsheba bathing, just to name a few. The Jordan River was a major source of water in Israel, and crossing the Jordan led the Israelites to the Promised Land. The Jordan was also the place where John the Baptist baptized hundreds of people, including his cousin Jesus. The Sea of Galilee, a freshwater lake fed by the Jordan, was where Jesus worked and preached and performed his most important sermons and and performed dramatic miracles, including the one in our scripture today. Water is so ubiquitous in spiritual traditions that Ian Bradley, a professor at St. Andrews University in Scotland, discerned 18 different metaphors common to most world religions that include water. But today, both Jesus and Peter walk on the water. It's something wild. It's miraculous. And it definitely points to a deep spiritual message. This morning, we only read a little bit about walking on the water. But keep in mind that the plot line of Matthew's gospel, that in the plot line of Matthew's gospel, this scene occurs right after Jesus fed 5,000 people. The readers or listeners who are hearing the whole gospel of Matthew are listening and looking for miracles, and Jesus delivers. Miracles get your attention for sure. But no sooner does Jesus retreat for some much-needed rest and prayer time that his disciples are being tossed around in a stormy sea far from the land. We are told they're going against the wind. Things don't look good for them, and the Jesus that miraculously helped them feed 5,000 people just a short time ago seems as distant as ever. Whatever miracle they witnessed earlier was the furthest thing from their mind. It's dark, and they can't see the shore. 
They are in imminent peril, and they can't ever imagine getting out of that predicament. And when Jesus, their teacher, the very thing they needed, starts walking on water toward them, they didn't even believe it. They thought it was a ghost, and they got more scared. And then the ghostly Jesus figure utters the most repeated phrase in the entire Bible. Don't be afraid. Yet despite this, Peter is full of doubt and actually challenges Jesus to let him walk on the water too. You can always count on Peter for some kind of interesting plot twist. When he meets that challenge and summons some trust, he walks on water too. But once his anxious thoughts overpower his nascent faith, he starts to sink, crying out for anything that could save him. He just never realized and recognized that what he needed was there all along. We don't always see miracles when they pop up. After all, as Augustine said, miracles aren't contrary to nature. They're contrary to what we understand about nature. Our daily worries are fear-based. Anxiety consumes so much of our energy. Will we be okay? Will our loved ones be okay? Do I have a future? Have I failed? This endless mental chatter is like a sailing in, sailing in a storm against the wind with no light and no shoreline in sight. Sometimes we simply forget. We get too consumed in the anxious stream of our thoughts to see the people who come into our lives, the very angels in disguise, the ghosts walking toward us. We get too anxious to see the divine presence in our lives, in our workplaces, in our backyards. Sometimes our impatience or feelings of inadequacy block us from appreciating that our prayers are often answered and that everything we have now is something that we once wanted. And we often forget that each moment contains the miraculous, even the moments that are the most desolate. Nobody wants despair, ever. Yet every single person in this room has survived 100% of your most despairing days. And that's a miracle. That's hope. That's the smallest seed of faith. When we are in our most desperate moments and reaching for help, we reach for whatever we can find. We reach for friends and loved ones, but we also reach for substances, shopping, sugar, and scrolling on our phones. They do provide a quick relief, but our underlying anxieties and fears remain, and we never get at the heart of the matter. We forget that with faith and trust, we have survived storms before. Just like Peter, we fail to see that which has helped us before is right in front of us in our midst. We must have faith that it can happen again, and we have to keep trying. In the words of John Ortberg, if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. Faith isn't something you perfect. Faith works this way. Some days you walk on water, Other days, you sink like a stone. Faith invariably gives way to doubt before it returns. 
then it loses confidence again. Faith is a repeating cycle that you have to be comfortable with before it can provide you with lasting comfort. Some of my best lessons about faith have come through the metaphor of water as well. When I attended St. James Episcopal Church in Manhattan, I was privileged to hear great sermons and learn from an amazing roster of adult education lecturers. They opened my spiritual world in a way that didn't have strict boundaries or rigid theologies, and they're probably one of the reasons that I'm standing here today. Sometime in the late 1990s or early 2000s, Reverend Craig Townsend gave a sermon about a $5 umbrella. It's one I'll never forget. If you don't have a New York City heritage, $5 umbrellas are, or maybe were with inflation, the umbrellas that magically appear with a poncho-clad vendor on New York City streets when it starts to rain. The minute there's precipitation, they literally bubble up and show up out of nowhere, (laughs) especially if you're in Midtown or a downtown business district. They're at the top of subway stairs. They may be down in the subway if it's a torrential downpour, but they're magically there waiting for you. Those umbrellas aren't the best. They often break or get lost shortly after you buy them, but they get you through the storm. Back when I lived in New York City in the early 2000s, the going rate for those umbrellas was $5. Now throw in some inflation and supply chain issues, they're probably $10 today. The Craig sermon reminded us that faith is like that $5 or $10 umbrella. He said that faith isn't the silver bowl that is polished and kept on a high shelf to sparkle and shine for all to see. Rather, faith is that umbrella that appears out of nowhere, that is surprisingly affordable, and that works just enough to get you through the storm or two. And just this week, I was in the early stages of crafting my remarks for today, and I had another reminder of a modern-day faith and literal walk on water. I received a GoFundMe update about a young man named Jake Tebow. Jake was a young man who played hockey for Milton Academy, a Massachusetts prep school, who was seriously injured in a preseason hockey tournament last fall. I remembered because my son was there. He suffered a spinal fracture and a mild brain hemorrhage and was told that he would not likely not walk again. I remember feeling devastated and numb when I heard about the accident. Fast forward to January of this year when Ben's hockey team at Pomfret School was playing Milton Academy. The Milton community made this particular game a benefit game for Jake, and they had the game not at Milton Academy, but at Fitchburg State, complete with a broadcast team from Fitchburg State's communication and media school and a live stream that was much more professional than the usual hockey broadcast. As it was a benefit game, They gave ample attention to Jake and his story and the incredible progress he had made in just a few months. They advertised the GoFundMe, and I was compelled to give. And I've been receiving updates about Jake ever since. In this Thursday's update, Jake's father, Michael Tebow, talked about how Jake's recovery process has been helped by trying to walk in a pool. Even though he cannot feel the pool's cold water or the pain when he accidentally puts his walker on his foot, he keeps putting one foot in front of the other, or at least tries to. It's part faith and part action. Jake told his father that it's not his body that needs a break, it's his mind, 
because it requires so much mental energy to think over and over about extending his leg and mentally flexing a muscle and then looking down and seeing that nothing is happening. But thanks to trying, thanks to the pool and walking in water, he's made some literal strides in his actual movement. In fact, last month, he got out of his wheelchair and walked across the stage at Knowlton Academy to receive his high school diploma. To me, that's walking on water. To me, that's a miracle. And to me, that's having faith. It's going up against the impossible every day, one small step at a time. Waters, as everyone here know, knows, are in constant motion. And so is faith. Waters must allow for storms and poor visibility. And faith must allow room for fear, pain, sadness, frustration, and vulnerability. As the waters of life swirl and tumble through storms, it is faith that doesn't seek to explain the unexplainable. Rather, faith holds us in a loving embrace in the face of uncertainty. And it reminds us, as Maya Angelou said, that every storm runs out of rain. As the late spiritual writer Terry Patton said in his book, A New Republic, quote, most of us have at some point glimpsed a wondrous power beyond the mere observable mechanics of things. When we keep showing up in the next moment with openness, intelligence, positive expectancy and generosity, and the courage to throw ourselves into life completely that is when we participate in miracles. Whether we're looking for a subway umbrella to carry us through a storm, whether we're lear learning to walk on water, may we remember each other's, each other's vulnerabilities and all the tenderness that we carry each moment. And may all your beach days this summer bring you deeper faith and beauty as you connect with the everyday miracles walking in water and walking on water, whatever that might mean for you.
keep my eyes above the waves When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours And you Your grace abounds in deepest waters Your loving hand will be my guide Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me You've never failed and you won't start For I am yours And you are mine oh, You are mine You are mine oh, You are Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith will be made stronger In the presence of your Spirit Spirit, lead me where my trust is without bodies Keep my eyes above
Rise, my soul rests in your. Air.